Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Sir, the planet whose position you marked out actually exists. On the day on which your letter reached me, I found a star of the eighth magnitude which was not recorded. The observation of the succeeding day showed it to be the planet of which we were in quest. Welcome to Celestial Bodies Neptune, the 138th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century astronomer Johann Gottfried Gall. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelociRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. I have found out that Neptune is actually pretty cool and should be my planet. <laughs> Pisces, yeah. Pisces! So welcome to our Easter episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. It is Easter. It is Easter, Easter, yeah. I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, so I was talking about Hecate and I only know other that it's, gods all day. I only know it's Easter because we're close today at the uh-huh, brewery, yeah, so yeah. I was like, all right, I have a whole day off. So for those who are hearing this after Easter, happy <laughs> Easter if any of you celebrate right, it. If that's, right. If that's your if that's, jam. If that's your jam, or, uh, you know, you like to eat jam, or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. You like to eat chocolate. Chocolate, you know, jelly beans, chocolate days. Yeah. Deviled eggs. Oh, I should have made deviled, deviled eggs. eggs. See, I completely forgot it was yeah. Easter. My mother even called me yesterday. You wish me a happy Easter, and I forgot. Let's do our housekeeping. So it is the first recording of the month. Car, please read all of the patrons. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> 40 kittens. Yes. And we do love you, kittens. Every single anonymous one of you. Mm-hmm. We have 22 cats, and they are. Blue Moon, Cabra, Cheryl, Christine Phillips, Cindy Barrick, Elisa Durka, M. Talasavari, Hannah F., Jasmine Ray Bell, J.D., Coney Briggs, Megan, Michael Anzanano, blew that one, Rebecca Hillman, Rhonda Graham, Sarah O'Dell, Shelby, Shakura, Sorokoff, Squiggy, Susan Anderson, and the Dryad. We love you, cats. We have 89 oh hunters. Oh, Okay, cool. Yeah. Settle in. All right, I'm supposed to read this one. Ivithia Hjartabluff. Alicia Marlowe. Alyssa Addy, Amy Martin, Andy Olson, Beck Blackwell, Ben Walburn, Brianna Beep Boop, Briar Aldridge, Brittany, Cara B, Charlene Hughes, Charles Howison, Claire K.R. Miller, Cosmic Rose, Delilah Darge, Darby Lockridge, Darren, David Dashfi Keys, Disgruntled Honeybee, Elfwort, Alora Driver, Emily Hall, Emily Miller, Felicia Welton, Gary Bearstorm, Goddess Incognito, Haley Bjorn's daughter, Ojin Co, Indigo, Jax, JC Helmer, Jaden Hill, Jan Hutt, Jessica Jones, Jojo, Juniper Shadowcat, Caleb King, Kaylin Casey, Ken Hub, Kristen Hankins, Kitty Crittenden, Kai Oakenshield, La Petite Poison, Laura Loki, Lorianna Lee Knapp, Luna, Martha Kirby Capo, Megan Parks, Megan Kipper, Magara, 
Melissa Gerben, Melkor, Meredith Kenton, Misha Magdalene, Morgan King, Alwyn Crow, Pablo B. Fordor, Patrick Saylor, Ray Lothrop, Rihanna M. Gray, Rochella and Dashmeed, Rana, the bitch, Roanoke, the Wiccan Wizard, Ryan Hopkins, Sam Sanchez, Sam Wise, the Blonde, Sarah Grace, Sarah Odinson, Scooby, Sheila Bond, Shyby, Sky Fair, Sloth, Sprouty, Stephanie Edwards, Stephanie W., Stevie Thompson, Studio Prey, Sean <laughs> Ferrywater, good? <laughs> Tiana Marie, the Pirate Cove, the Sugar Maple Seder, Usha Ursha, Victoria Selness, Zakimi, Kokora, Yang, Yellow Kiwi, and Zacchaeus. Phew, is that it? That's that's all the hunters. We love you, hunters. Uh, each and every one of you. Yep, names correctly pronounced or not. <laughs> <laughs> also, Rana says, he did it, he did it! <laughs> 17 leopards we have, that's Akaneko, 13. Chris Colobri, Sheehan Odinson, El Faithful, Ellen Veals, Finn Odinson, Foxchild, Gabby Gaberson, Gemma Atkinson, Kimberly, Squeaky Reynolds, Kitty Robinson, Chris Mickelson, Mackenzie Boyer, Nicholas, QQ Ann, Robin Archer, and Sean Starr. Who are these again? Leopards. 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 We love you, leopards. Seven Tigers are Darren Summit, Kristen Gill, Crystal of Apothecary Tees, Nix Fallingleaf, Raymond Stovall, better known as Jim Two Snakes, mm -hmm. Tree Wizard Creations, and Weavers of the Web. We love our tigers. Mm -hmm. We have two panthers, Elizabeth Bull and Melissa Negron Schilling. We love you, panthers. And you panthers. So our jaguars are Amanda Hicks, Justin Stanage, and Kirsten Ray. We love you, jaguars. Jaguars. Glad that's over. <laughs> Take Latin next time. Oh, no. No. <laughs> so. uh, Swan says you can't do English now. So I guess in the future you're going to have to come up with Can I do language. English if I do it in a different accent? <laughs> then Odin and I will have to leave the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we will be laughing too hard. <laughs> the rest of housekeeping, because there's other housekeeping things oh, to shit. do. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. I no longer do a call. Yes. That's true. No, so more, no more Zoom call. No more Zoom call. At least run by me. Right. I don't the, know It's if continuing the... to... I'm, I'm seeing people in the Discord continuing to put up the okay. Zoom link. So, so informal Zoom calls. Check the Discord general on Sundays. And Mostly okay. because normally I work on Sundays now. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yep. yep. It's hard to schmooze people at a brewery and do a Zoom call at the same time. So yeah, it'd be hard to simulcast that. Yes, yep. But you do on Tuesdays. I do on every other Tuesday. Alternating Tuesdays. Yes. I do a thing called Three Pagans on Tap with Sarenth Odinson and Malik Odinson talking about alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages and how they relate to our gods and our paths and how good or terrible they taste as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we rant them and sometimes taste, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then occasionally Malik will rant. Well, that more than occasionally Malik will rant and occasionally Sarenth will rant. Uh -huh. So the last one was a Sarenth rant. So Malik didn't have to. Um, about so, the booze? It ju about whatever happens it was to a, me. It was like Malik tends to rant about like how thing is made. Right, yeah. Sarah rants on more abstract subjects. Yeah. yeah well, that totally is Sarah. Yeah. So I get it. I, yeah. I, I, um, and then the other alternating Tuesdays, if you live close <laughs> to Kalamazoo, Michigan, you yeah. can come to Valhalla, which is the tap room for the brewery that I work for. Come there, and we do a Viking-based D and D, mm -hmm. so written specifically for us. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And they and they welcome observers. We do welcome observers, and it is by far the most out there, weird, crazy D and D thing I've ever played. Uh, last week we were looking for sex dungeons. <laughs> so um, okay, <laughs> but but nine out of the eleven players that were there were non-binary, so it got really <laughs> crazy. So <laughs> really exciting sex dungeons. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Looking is different than finding. We actually did find the sex dungeon swan. Um, they were just burnt to the ground by the time we got there. Oh, that's tragic. Yes. Mm. Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, go ahead and talk about the things you do. Um, well, today, actually, I taught a class mm -hmm. at the Spring Mysteries Festival that was put on this week by the Aquarian Tabernacle Church. Right. But that's done now. But that's done. But I want to say it was a very wonderful experience. And you should check it out for next year. They, this is like, what, I think they said the 36th or 37th time they've performed these mysteries and uh, had this festival. And it was, it was really powerful, even online. They did an amazing job. So check it out, springmysteries.com for next year because mm -hmm. okay. it was a great experience. And then uh, you write on Patheos, right? I write on Patheos Pagan okay. for the Three Pagans and Cat blog. So check out what I've been writing there, mm -hmm. and then, some of which are doing really well right now. Yeah, there's uh, that's because I've been talking about some timely issues, which right. we discussed in, in our, our last in episode. Our last episode. episode. Yep. Uh, but also, but I also just talked about chanting and how it benefits your practice yep. and connecting with the gods cool. or yourself. So because you can connect to your higher yeah, yeah. self, lots chanting. Of, as lots well. of people use chanting for various purposes. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do, Ode? This. Yep, you edit the podcast. <laughs> yep. Which is a whole thing in and of itself. But as a reminder right. for everybody, the podcast now goes up on Tuesday nights That's and right. not Monday nights because I have Mondays off so we can do family stuff. And we apologize for forgetting to yeah, post to that tell in the everyone. Discord and Facebook group because yeah. people were like, there's, um, a, there's a lot of confusion on Monday. Luckily, there were enough of you all to say, oh, no, they changed yeah. it. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was our fault. We totally, like, just completely, just spaced. completely spaced on that. And but at I, the time, we were hanging out. I think at the time, all that stuff was getting posted. We were, we were yeah. hanging out at a pagan store called Elements here in Kalamazoo. <laughs> and we so. had such a good time we yeah. doing yep. family stuff. Yep. Yep. But I also wanted to say that I am in the process of writing a book right. called Green Earth Witchcraft. We don't have a, a date for publication yet, but it's, you know, we're it's hoping... It's going to be through Wikipress. Yep. And you can find it under comingprojects.wikipress.com. I'm very excited to be writing this book. And if you want to kind of keep track or be part of Green Earth Witchcraft, you can find the page on a Facebook, Green Earth Witchcraft Traditions. There's also a group associated with it. And then at some point, Car and I are going to sit down and we're going to figure out how to do the website. Because it's up, it just doesn't have much on it. Yeah, yeah. so we're house kept. House kept, house swept. We're and good to go. Now we can talk about Neptune. And I'm Neptune. gonna start I'm gonna start with I know I said we were doing the planets in order, uh, but yeah. I forgot that Uranus existed. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that it was I forgot that that planet was between Saturn and Neptune. Yeah, well, you know, no offense to that particular planet, but <laughs> I think a lot of people tend to forget that it's there. Yeah. So we'll be covering that one next on our before before Pluto. That's right. But <laughs> we're gonna, I, we're gonna I, do them out of order, but it's fine. You can listen to these in any order once they're all released. See, Finn is upset because I knew there would be jokes. Uh huh. That's why I'm sad. I'm kind of glad because I knew when we get to Uranus or Uranus, depending on how you pronounce it, there will be bathroom jokes. <laughs> and, and Gemma says, "How do you forget a whole planet?" Um, 
I forget everything I can't see. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so this is true. Object permanence for some reason yeah, that one did not that, stick with this child. That one did not stick, so <laughs> Uh, On the other hand, Jackson remembers every number he's ever had in his mind at any point. It's That's freaky. True. It's like the opposite of dyscalculia. <laughs> yeah. But we are talking about the yes, blue marble. About, about Neptune. <laughs> the beautiful light blue marble. Yes. I, I saw a picture and it looks so beautiful. Yeah. Neptune is very cool. Gorgeous. The eighth planet from the sun is now, by the International uh, Astronomical Society, considered the last planet in our solar system. But we don't agree with We that. don't concur, and Pluto will still be covered. That's right. But if you look up Neptune online, that's the information you're going to find. That's true. And it was also, it, it can't be seen from Earth nope. uh, with the naked eye, unlike all of the other planets. Yep. You got to um, have some kind of a telescope. Uh, yep. Or... Uh, and it was actually predicted by mathematical models before it was found. I found that to be incredibly fascinating, that mm -hmm. they knew that it was out there or, you know, predicted it was out there with the math. And then it said that the man who did discover it was like really, really close. Yeah. So in 1846, a man named Urban Leveria was looking at perturbations in Uranus's orbit. He was doing a bunch of math based on like how Uranus moved in the sky mm -hmm. and was like, it shouldn't move this way unless there's something on the other side of it. That's right. Doing gravity things. So he predicted uh, a location in the sky for where he thought another planet should be. And he sent a letter to Johann Gall, who was the quote from the top of this episode, mm -hmm. saying, hey, I think there should be a planet here. You have a telescope. Can you look? And he found it within a degree. Within one degree. Within one degree yes. of the prediction, which tells you how amazing that math was. Yeah, it was extreme. It was extreme. very, very precise. precise. And there's actually a, there, there was actually a whole kerfuffle because there was also a British mathematician named Adams who did similar calculations at around the same time. But the guy he sent his letter to saying, hey, can you use a telescope to look for this for me? Couldn't find it. And that's in part because he was 12 degrees off. Ah, so he had a, a wider margin of, for error. of error with the location that he identified. So there was all this international argumentation about who discovered it first and actually. Mm -hmm. For a while, the consensus was that they would be given joint discovery of it. Mm. And then there was an inquiry, essentially, <laughs> by the Royal Astronomy Society in the early aughts. But I haven't been able to read the paper because it's behind a paywall on Scientific American. Oh, yeah. There's some debate, but regardless of whether you consider Adams to have simultaneously co-discovered Neptune, Leverrier's math was closer mm -hmm. by, by a relatively substantial margin in math terms. Clearly, because um, Yohan was actually able, to, was find actually it, able yeah. to find it. So typically, the discovery of Neptune is attributed to Leverrier. Uh, in conjunction with Gaul. Mm -hmm. We've only had one mission even in the vicinity And that's where we got Neptune. our blue marble yeah. picture. And that's, that's, that was Voyager 2, and it, it was just a flyby. It was Voyager was passing by mm -hmm. Neptune on its way out of the solar system in general. 1989. It's a beautiful photo. Mm -hmm. It really is. Just this black background with this blue planet, mm -hmm. and it is such a Gorgeous, gorgeous picture. 
the reason Neptune is so blue is actually something of a mystery. So mm-hmm. Uranus and Neptune are both what are called ice giants. They have slightly different compositions than Jupiter and Saturn do. They're still gaseous, mm-hmm. l- largely gaseous. So the composition of Neptune is it's thought to have a small rocky core, per tradition. And then a lot of its density is thought to be a very hot, dense fluid mass that's called icy for astronomy reasons, Mm -hmm. (laughs) made up of water, methane, and ammonia. And then on top of that, there's another deep layer of atmosphere, which is mostly hydrogen and helium. I I read that they think it's possibly the methane on the outer edges that cause its color. So Uranus and Neptune both have this methane composition, which makes them blue. Mm -hmm. But Uranus has a much more sort of muted gray-blue color. Mm -hmm. And Neptune has this really vibrant deep blue color. So they think there is something extra in Neptune's, but they can't in, in Neptune's composition that's interacting with the methane and is making it more blue. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what it is because we had that one flyby with Voyager right. 2 and that's it. The ice part is kind of a misnomer. And it's, like I said, it's for astronomy reasons. Astronomers call volatiles icy. That's the weirdest <laughs> shit. Um, but it is actually... And very confusing. Yeah. But it is actually very, very hot in Neptune. The surface of Neptune is about the same temperature as the surface of Uranus, which tells us more about Uranus than it does about Neptune, because like Jupiter and Saturn, Neptune is producing more heat than it's receiving from the sun. Right. I also found it interesting that they said Neptune does have a fragmented ring system. Yes, we discovered it's that with very, Voyager 2. Yeah, it's very hard to see. It's yep. very light. There but. are there are five rings around Neptune. They are sort of in the red spectrum. So you got this blue planet with these very, very faint right. red rings. And they have... It's kind of pretty. It is. And and they, they have this interesting characteristic They're called the arcs or the arches of Neptune's rings, where uh, some of the matter has sort of clumped together and created these denser sections of the ring, Mm -hmm. which for a long time, it was mysterious why that was happening, because based on how space and gravity and all these things work, the matter should all be evenly distributed around the ring. But they think what's happening is that there's a moon called Galatea that's on the inside of the rings. And so they think Galatea is pulling that matter into these stable arch formations in the ring. I wonder if that means at some point in the future, again, just speculation, not a science person here. I wonder if anything ever became unstable, like if that Galatea, you know, mm-hmm. if Galatea moved out, moved out or if no longer, if the, if since it's already fragmented, mm-hmm. if those rings would just disintegrate, it would just dissipate and dissipate. They are, by astronomical terms, considered young rings. Mm. Um, so, so they could grow. Exactly. They could they could grow, they could, or they could dissipate. It's it's going to depend on a whole bunch of factors we don't understand, don't understand or have or much no. control over. Yeah. Rabbit asks, is it blue because methane is blue, or is it blue like the sky is blue? It's blue like the sky is blue. So methane absorbs red wavelengths of light and reflects blue wavelengths of light. So they're not sure what else in the atmosphere is interacting with the methane that's making that blue result stronger. They suspect something is because it's otherwise there's, element. Yeah, because otherwise there's not a good explanation for why it's so much bluer than mm. Uranus's. It has an active and visible weather pattern. Neptune actually has the fastest winds in the solar system at 
1,200 miles per hour. Wow. <laughs> you all thought I was crazy for standing outside during hurricane. <laughs> sure, yeah, during... Andrew. 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 Yeah. They didn't have an opinion. They were an infant. I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> So 1,200 mile per hour winds on Neptune. It forms weather systems relatively quickly and yeah. then loses them relatively quickly. And doesn't it also have kind of spot a spot just like the other well, planets when, we've talked about? Yeah, when Voyager went by, there was something they identified as the Great Dark Spot that was a big weather system, an mm -hmm. anticyclonic storm like the Great Red Spot mm -hmm. uh, on Jupiter. But by the time the Hubble telescope looked at it five years later, it was, it was gone. gone. Because it's a weather pattern. Because it's, and, but, well, and it's, and it's very not, active in yeah, it's, it's very active. It's, they're not as stable as right. the ones on Jupiter and, and even Saturn. If you want a picture, you gotta be quick. Gotta, yeah, you gotta look fast. Gotta look fast. <laughs> and they've seen other spots forming and dissipating Different. over time. Yeah. yeah. Neptune has a 16-hour day, mm -hmm. 165-year yeah, orbit. I know. I will. We'll get into a little bit of, of what how it affects the astrological. Yeah, it, it has. Yeah, well. interesting. Neptune is on sort of this, a similar axial tilt to the Earth and Mars, so it has seasons. So every season on Neptune lasts forty years because it takes so long to rotate around the sun. That's a long season. So it's a long winter, long spring. Long winter. Um, but we thought what we had was bad. But one of the <laughs> one of the interesting effects of those seasons on Neptune and the fact that they're very long is that as Neptune moved into its spring season mm -hmm. between 1980 and now, yeah. it's gotten brighter Interesting, because it's gotten hotter as it's gone into spring. Oh my God. That's really interesting. So it's, it's, it's the brightness of Neptune as visible through telescopes has gotten appreciably brighter over time as it's moved through these these seasonal rotations and then presumably when it enters its winter season again it gets darker. And, and starts cooling for a certain value of cooling on Neptune, it will presumably dim again. Sometime yeah. past my lifetime. Yeah. If, imagine <laughs> if Shakespeare had been Neptunian, the winter of our discontent would have been, would have been real very, bad. Very long winter of yeah. our discontent. Very, very yeah. long and discontented <laughs> indeed. Oh yeah, Rochelle says winter is coming, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe Game of Thrones is set on Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> so there are 14 moons around Neptune. The largest is Triton, which was actually discovered only 17 days after Neptune was, because Gaul kept looking in that direction. She was like, hey, got some stuff. Let's see what else is <laughs> yeah. there. Triton is, is actually really interesting. It has a retrograde orbit, so it mm. spins opposite to its planet, which is it's the only major moon that does in that. the solar system that does that. So it's thought that Triton is probably a captured object. Hmm. I wonder if that could be affecting Neptune's weather patterns and why it's could be so fast because yep, the, it's, it's moon spinning opposite. Yeah, because moon. I mean our moon affects our seasons and mm -hmm. our weather patterns and things like and that. Our, our sea and tides. Our, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder, and since this is one of the like one of the larger moons, mm -hmm, yeah. right? I wonder if that's the yeah. Region. Triton is the primary moon of yeah. Neptune. Yeah. So if Triton is is rotating in an opposite direction, mm -hmm. if that affects the the speed with which the storms brew, throwing those questions uh, out there, undoubtedly having some kind of effect, yes, on some on the atmosphere of, of oh, Neptune. Yeah. The Literally. Earth got ripped off, though. Only the one moon. Only the one moon. Every other planet has multiple moons. A whole we bunch have of moons. We got one. But one I, love, I love rabbit. Some people just got to be different. <laughs> <laughs> 
Neptune just gotta be different. It's gotta be different. With its Triton moon. Now, part of the reason that the Earth only has one moon may be that, in terms of size comparisons, mm. if the Earth was a nickel, Neptune would be a baseball. Yeah, yeah, I heard if the Earth was an apple, <laughs> wow. Neptune would be a basketball. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it yep. is four times wider than the Earth. It's thought that the rocky core of Neptune is about the size of the whole Earth. Okay, Neptune can have more moons. <laughs> you can have all the moons, Neptune. Good. No, 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 no. We don't want them to have all the moons. We've got to screw up other planets. Uh -huh. Well, that's yeah. true. Kristen Gill says, so far for our moon, we have just one, but we could capture more. True. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, though that, would, that like, would likely yeah, be catastrophic for the rest of us. Yeah, it, it would mess up tides it, it would and a whole bunch of other up. things. There may be a new life, form of life. If life <laughs> could continue, it would be a different form of life, but, you know, the moon's got to do their thing. Right, moon's got a moon. Moon's got a moon. So do college students. Something else that's interesting about Triton it does have a thin atmosphere, very, very thin, but that atmosphere is, for completely unknown reasons, warming up. It is getting warmer. So do they think it's like potential for, for life-giving type warmth? They have no idea why it's warming, what like the microbes? effects of that warming will be. Huh. It's it's all just like, well, we've observed this thing is happening. Well, maybe because it's running in the opposite direction, it's developing friction with the atmosphere. Who knows? Of Neptune Who and that's why it's possible. Man, it makes me want to wish I was a... Swan, I'm getting Death Star vibes. <laughs> it's warming because it's about to fire. <laughs> so I wish I was a scientist sometimes and an astronomer. Mm -hmm. I never wish And that. could study planets because, man, this stuff is fascinating. Yeah, interesting stuff. This is why we hire other people we, to do yes, this. We, and then explain right, yeah. it to the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We pay them a lot of money to tell them we're not going to do their mission to Neptune. That's right. So multiple missions have been proposed to Neptune. There was one that was supposed to launch in 2019 that didn't happen. Multiple cancelled missions to Neptune. It's a long way to go. It is. As Scuba says, it's a long way to go, but the people want to know. People want to know. Only so, like 2.1 billion light years it's, away. It's 30 astronomical units, which is the distance between the sun and the earth. Right. <laughs> away. Well, I mean, Voyager just did a Flyby, surely right, they on could, its way out. On its way out, surely they could, you know. But yeah, when they, was they, Voyager launched and when did Voyager it was go by? Voyager two. It was Voyager two, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, but that went past that. Too. Yeah, but when did they launch it? I have a weird fact. Give us a weird fact. Because we consider Pluto to be a planet mm -hmm. and not a dwarf planet. That's right. Which we'll we'll get into all of that. Oh, yes, we will. And two more celestial bodies. <laughs> That's right. Neptune is the eighth planet. Sometimes, but not all the time, because Pluto has a weird elliptical orbit, oh. and sometimes Pluto's eighth and is, Neptune's ninth. Yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes Pluto is closer to us than Neptune is. Yep. He does a little dance. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, and for about Dossy dough. That, that period of time lasts for about 20 years. Yeah. So when ne Pluto gets closer to us than Neptune, it'll be closer to us for about 20 years, and then it'll drift back out farther. It's like a square dance. <laughs> <laughs> but they've determined that because of the different rates that they orbit at, mm -hmm. um, despite this very strange orbit that Pluto has, uh, they will never collide. So well, they, they have know. they're stable relative to each other. I think the I think things would end badly for Pluto <laughs> in that scenario. Uh, it might become some new rings. <laughs> <laughs> so Voyager two launched in 1977. Yeah. Okay. In the 70s. So I mean, it was a long trek. That was 12 years. Yep. 12 years to get to yep. to Neptune. 
they were basically like, Neptune is the last one we're going to be able to reach with this, so we're just going to do whatever weird navigational twists and turns we have to to pass by both Neptune and Triton, and then goodbye, Voyager 2. Get a quick snap, and it can be gobbled up by some alien race and turned into something else and then seen in a Star Trek movie. Mm -hmm. That was very boring. (laughs) That was really boring, yes. All right. I don't think I saw that one. Feature. Or is that V'ger. the or is that's that, the whole V'ger thing? Is that the one with the that's like the, twenty minute pan around? Yes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one where they were like so in love with their new uh, ability to do yeah. special effects. They were like, "Here, let us look lovingly at the Starship Enterprise for the next twenty five minutes of this movie with loving too, music." It was too much. It was way too much. But I'm hey, sure it was only like three minutes or something, but it felt like a year. And I am a Star Trek fan, down for all of this. And I was like, seriously, that is one of the movies that the. <laughs> like three times speed on YouTube is made for. Yep. Join our Tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations where you can find custom engraved creations for all paths. They offer unique gifts and tools for the altar, home, practice, and family. In addition to their standard product range, they offer custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard will create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com or follow them on Facebook. You can also find them online at treewizardcreations.com That's T-R-E-E W-Y-Z-A-R-D creations.com Well, hail That was a great read. Burn some rosemary. (laughs) Burn in some rosemary. (laughs) Hail Dictinus. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Uh-huh. And it came right after Finn gave you a compliment on your beard. beard. I know I saw it before I did it. It made me it gave me the boost the, of energy the, I needed. The, the confidence. Right, that, yeah. That beardy, druidic <laughs> confidence to be perfect. The scary thing is I just cut off like three inches of it. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. Shorter, shaped and trimmed. Yep. trimmed it yep. still looks very nice. They did a very good job. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So let's move on to talking about the god and the astrology and the magic and stuff. Yeah. Well, Neptune, the god. Yes. There's it, some interesting stuff here. Some interesting stuff here. And I feel like he gets a little bit of, of uh, a diss because everybody, you know, is like, oh, Neptune. He's just like Poseidon. So there's not as much information about Neptune as there is about Poseidon. And part of that is because uh, the conflation of Neptune and Mm -hmm. Poseidon happened really early. In fact, it was one of the earliest interpretatio Graecas where the the Greek god was really mixed into the existing Roman god. So we don't have a whole lot left over from the original Neptune. Which is really sad because he sounds like an interesting dude because Neptune was the god of fresh water. Yes, freshwater springs because the Romans didn't sail. They weren't concerned with the sea. Yeah. So he, Neptune was the god of fresh water, mm-hmm. but by 399 BCE, he was identified with Poseidon, became a god of the sea. Mm-hmm. But for instance, he had a festival that took place on July ne- 23rd, Neptunalia. Yes. And it was during the hottest, driest part of the season. And so they believe that the festival was created to propitiate Neptune because he was a freshwater god. Yeah. To bring rain, to to you know, to bolster the rivers and the lakes and the springs. So what we actually know about Neptunalia is that the festival consisted of you cut down some of this this dry brush during the drought, and you would build these 
shelters, these open air shelters um, to provide shade. And you mm-hmm. would drink fresh water and wine for relief from the heat. Mm-hmm. Men and women, slaves and masters all together. Everyone just sort of joined by the necessity of, of water for life. Mm-hmm. And then they, they would take part in civil cases. Like yep. they, would, they would talk about laws. Basically, that's all we know about Neptunalia. And uh, for instance, Scuba says what? That it was basically, it's dry as hell, please come back? Basically, yes. yeah. Basically. Yeah. It, was, we, it was asking Neptune to return and replenish the water. Early Neptune was uh, a deity of droughts, basically. Yep. And recovery from droughts. Exactly. And Rana is saying, we need that festival here in California, please. <laughs> Rana, that is the deity you want to call to for rain, for increasing water, for clean water. Neptune is who we should be calling for to for Flint. For the the Great Lakes, mm-hmm. for the rivers, he is a he started and still is a freshwater deity. We just because all the, of, all the sea stuff came all later. All the sea stuff came later. So because he is so conflated though with Poseidon, mm-hmm. we forget and that we can of, go to Neptune what, and, with our freshwater needs. right and be like, hey, can we can we hit you up for that original purpose? Yeah, exactly. Because even though he, you know, he has a lot of the attributes now of Poseidon, he's a god of horses. Right, which is, so this is he's interesting. He's an earth shaker. There was a god of horses before mm-hmm. Poseidon and Neptune were conflated and Neptune got the job called Consus. Uh, and Consus was propitiated at horse races. He was strongly associated with horses, mm-hmm. horses as sacrificial animals, as agricultural animals, as racing animals. Everything to do with horses was Consus's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And there were altars to him at racetracks and, and all this stuff. But when Poseidon became associated with Neptune, they essentially folded Consus into Neptune mm-hmm. and renamed him Neptunus Equator. So God of Horses. God of Horses, because Poseidon already had an association with horses. Mm-hmm. So Consus got sort of short shrift yeah. um, of being just sort of folded into Neptune. Now, Neptune does have a female counterpart, mm-hmm. uh, Salacia. Yes, they- uh, saltwater. Yes, saltwater. Although what I was reading is there was the possibility that she was also conflated with a unknown named spring goddess, mm-hmm. spring water goddess, and brought yeah, together. Yeah, unfortunately, because the, the we Neptune, lost some of them. Yeah, un- unfortunately, because of the the Neptune Poseidon combo pack happened so early, we don't have a lot of Neptune yeah. and Celestia and, and yeah. his associated deities. We don't have a lot of their early mythology anymore. Exactly. So even though Salacia is the goddess of salt water, mm-hmm. he did originally have a consort who was about spring water. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to remember. And it may be something to explore with Salacia mm-hmm. that uh, somewhere in her past, she did deal with spring water, just like with, with Neptune. He does still deal with fresh water. Uh, Rana asks, what about brackish water? Uh, and that's a good question. Brackish water mm-hmm. is fresh water that's been contaminated with mm-hmm. salt uh, or with salt water. So it's like lightly salty water. Mm-hmm. That that might be an interesting bridge for Celestia between her current incarnation and her possible original incarnation. Mm-hmm. Neptune did have a temple in mm-hmm. the Circus Flaminius at Rome and in art in uh, you know most art he's seen with his trident. Mm-hmm. 
as well as a dolphin. That that seems to be his most common. Poseidon uh, and Neptune had yeah. fairly distinct iconography. Originally. A dolphin mm-hmm. or a porpoise? Actually, uh, it's a dolphin. It's a dolphin, yeah. Okay. Although his, his animals do include the seahorse, the porpoise, and the whale. Yeah. Although, if you look, because we've got these, you know, differences of, mm-hmm. of, of origin, right. you can also include fish, uh, both fresh and saltwater mm-hmm. fish within his, uh, his, 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 am, his animals. Yes. Um, and then, like, I was looking. He is Pisces. I should have been paying attention to Neptune. I'm sorry. Well, he's now affiliated. He's now Pisces. affiliated. The number 11 is uh, considered in number four. What did I Neptune? Pick? 111 for the three spokes of the trident. I'm just telling you 11. That's what I read. <laughs> it, it I'm sure there's a numerology. There's reason. something, yes. And there's pearl, coral, and aquamarine are some of his... Um, Associations. Associated gems. The ash tree, beryl, and salt, obviously. Uh, the colors green, blue, and lavender. And then plants that are associated with him are watery, gently aromatic plants, such as lobelia, morning glory, night-blooming jasmine, pine, and water lily. That makes and, sense. You know, and so, again, I think those are hearkening back to Neptune's freshwater. The freshwater days. Freshwater days, yeah. Yeah, because you would think also like seaweed and kelp and mm-hmm. those kind of things. The areas of his authority include authority, control, divination, emotions, energy, guidance, intuition, life, sex magic. And uh, But they said he is a god of power, protection, and wisdom, and he is a guardian. Yeah, so Neptune had an interesting, and most of this is the same as Poseidon's mythology. Mm-hmm. Neptune had an interesting vibe in the mythology. Uh, the sex magic makes sense because he uh, is a bit rapey like Zeus and has like sex with anything he can catch. Anything that's <laughs> swimming by. Uh-huh. But he was also one of the, well, be careful how I phrase this, one of the gods who was very aware of his own authority and did not like when it was challenged. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, Odysseus gets fucked because insults Poseidon and... There just are consequences for that. Mm-hmm. And the same for Neptune. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he can be a protector. He's a healer, especially in the freshwater. Right. Uh, in I the think freshwater there's... aspect, you can you can go to him, uh, especially if it is an illness, either a mental illness or mis- illness of mysterious origin. Yes. If you're if you haven't uh, identified if you've been through like multiple diagnostics and then we're right. gonna figure out what's wrong with you. But that is in connection to his freshwater days, like dip, uh, like being dipped into a healing water, into healing springs, yeah. into healing springs. So so something I that I sort of took away from looking into Neptune mm-hmm. uh, and his origin and and his evolution mm-hmm. um, is that there was sort of a transition between early Neptune mm-hmm. as a life giver. Mm-hmm. who was associated with fresh water mm-hmm. and with recovery from drought and springs and healing and, and protection. And guardian. Exactly. Protector. Um, and later Neptune, who is perceived more as a life taker mm-hmm. because he's associated with the dangers of the sea, mm-hmm. uh, with earthquakes, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, more dangerous aspects of water. He is also one of the few gods, I think there's only three others, including maybe Zeus, I'm not sure, I forget, uh, who a bull could be sacrificed yes. to Neptune. Yes, a bull could be sacrificed to Neptune. They don't do that very for very uh, many deities, just a handful. Legally, yeah. yeah. It's Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, and Neptune. Yeah. 
are the ones you can the brothers the, the brothers and the father yeah, yeah the brothers um, and the father are the ones you can sacrifice a bull to and then there is also Vulcan you could sacrifice a specific kind of bull to you could sacrifice mm-hmm. a red bull to Vulcan mm-hmm. but, that, but was that was legally it. it that was legally it and uh, unsurprisingly you could sacrifice horses right to Neptune because got that horse association through mm-hmm. Consus and Poseidon but I thought that was I thought that was an interesting sort of transition and I and That's, I do wonder if there are sort of two aspects of Neptune. That's why, and I feel like I like the kinder freshwater Neptune better than the harsher god of the sea Neptune. Yeah. You know, because it never occurred to me because I never really looked into Neptune mm-hmm. or understood about his origin. There was like a, a gentle Neptune. But there was a gentle Neptune I could go to about water issues. Mm-hmm. And what do his, we need? His, we need water to his, survive. Yeah, and his presentation in the mythology, his vibe in the myths, is very sort of aggressive and domineering. Yeah, exactly. And that does not appear to be, though, what his origins were. Yeah, that it's it, that's not consistent with, with Neptunalia and with, mm-hmm. with the original associations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there are sort of two Neptunes at this stage, or two aspects or two faces aspects of Neptune. Of it, almost like Janice with his mm-hmm. different... With the, two, the two faces, yeah. Yep. So, Secret yeah. hidden side. Secret hidden side of Neptune. Which, which sort of brings us to the astrology. So, because... Because Neptune, the planet, was discovered only in 1846, right. it's considered new in astrological terms. Right. So there are actually some charts, some astrological charts and some, some astrologers who don't use Neptune at all when they read charts. Yeah, they get kind of like... They well, don't use Neptune, they don't use Pluto. They say like, those were not, they're not visible from, the, from Earth, so they don't count. So there are some people who just don't use Neptune at all. But right. um, Neptune, when it is used in uh, astrology, mm-hmm. is associated with dreams, mm-hmm. the unconscious, inspiration, divination, illusion, empathy, and creativity. So originally, my thought for that was, that's not very much like Neptune. That's just sort of water things. <laughs> Gen- generic water things. Those are all the things we always associate with water. Like when you look at um, the suits in the tarot, mm-hmm. cups are associated with water and they're associated with all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I looked a little deeper into Neptune's mythology and in addition to the fact that there is this secret hidden gentle Neptune, yeah, there is actually some mythology that before Apollo took over the oracle at Delphi, mm-hmm. it was Neptune's. Mm-hmm. Neptune had an dominion oracle. over yeah. the oracle at Delphi mm-hmm. and gave it to Apollo when Apollo was born. Right. So as a gift. Exactly. So there's there's also this like it's not explored much, but there's this underlying secret divination association mm-hmm. with Neptune that, again, has just been sort of, it's just not discussed. Yeah, because I think Poseidon, the Poseidon confluence mm-hmm. with Neptune really kind of overtook uh, yeah. his other aspects. I, I, feel, I feel like like secret Neptune got sort of buried under the Poseidon influence to Neptune because yeah. it's a, that's, a, that's a stronger, brasher character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly, you know, very fitting for the sea mm-hmm. and things like that. Rana says, isn't Apollo Greek, though, and Neptune Roman? Yes, all of Neptune's mythology is the same as Poseidon's mythology. Yeah. That's why we have, like, they just have the same mythology, mm-hmm. period. So Neptune's original mythology... Right, whatever there was, whatever Neptune's was, original mythology has maybe been combined with Poseidon's mythology in a way we can't extricate, but either way... Or it's way, just been lost. Or it's just been lost. But either way, they have a, identical mythologies. Yep. 
So once we find Atlantis, correct, <laughs> all those books, we'll be able to figure it out. Exactly. Something else that's interesting about Neptune in astrology is because it has that very long mm-hmm. cycle, astrological terms in the charts where it's used, mm-hmm. it's considered to be a generational planet. Mm-hmm. So it stays in one position for about 15 years. 14 to 15, yeah. Before it moves to the next position. So like a, some, some of the planets affect individuals like on a day-to-day basis. Right. But Neptune's movements affect people on a generational basis. So, and like a whole childhood essentially can be influenced by where Neptune is. Magic with Neptune. Yes. Because of Neptune being in such a long orbit, Mm -hmm. Neptune, the planet, is ideal for long spells. Yeah. If you have something that needs to grow over a very long period of time, it doesn't have to be years. But it does, though it would work for though years. it would work for years. But if you have a spell that or, or some kind of a binding or something that requires time, Neptune is definitely one of the planets you want to look to. Yeah, you could just tie it to Neptune and tie it to Neptune. Along. I would say, as far as working, if you wanted to reach out to the deity Neptune, mm-hmm. then you would not have to worry about this length of time thing. That's if you're working with the, the, planet. the planetary energy. But working with um, Neptune, again, it is those areas of control and authority. The deal- sea, obviously. To do with boating, mm-hmm. fishing. Suez Canal. <laughs> or the, the problems with what's going on in the ocean. So that is something to look to, to uh, Neptune about. If you are interested in water conservation, if you're interested in helping clean up the water, if you're clean water for Flint or other areas or places around the world that desperately need wells and clean water, Neptune is the uh, deity you would go to for rituals and spells in, in that regard. And I would think if you're looking to make an offering to Neptune, mm-hmm. uh, helping sponsor a well somewhere that needs one would mm-hmm. be a good call. Absolutely. And then, of course, sex magic. Right, Neptune will help you out. <laughs> virility is an association with Neptune. Yep, yep. And, of course, we were talking divination, guidance, mm-hmm. any of those things. Uh, you can Yeah, mysteries. You can go to any of those, to Neptune for any of those things. That's it. There's not as much about Neptune. About Neptune as an individual. Or even the magic that you can do with Neptune. There's just not that much. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, there's more about Poseidon. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess if you want to learn more about, you know. About Neptune. About Neptune. Look into Poseidon. Look into Poseidon, but just understand that whatever, you know, that his origins have been conflated into Poseidon. Yeah. And maybe it's, you know, dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. See if, you know. There are the those hints. There there's are those nuances. Of an ancient secret Neptune. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, but, there are nuances available if you're willing to look for them. And some of it may have to be UPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. I imagine. As far as Definitely. the, as far as. The gentler kind of reconstructing, reconstructing uh, spring water, uh, fresh, Neptune, yeah, yeah, freshwater deity Neptune that may require some UPG. So that's it for this episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. You can find us all over the internet. <laughs> Feel free to go to Google and type in the number three and then the words pagans and a cat, and then a bunch of that will show up. Yep, mm-hmm. and click on all of the links, just select all, so control A. <laughs> On your computer, and then uh, then go up to the top and hit right click, right click, and yeah, say open open all. And then you'll spend years trying to figure (laughs) out because oh my god, so many links now. Yep, yep, and lots of lots and lots of episodes. Lots of episodes. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah. I think this is 138. It is. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know about you, but Carter's falling asleep over here yeah. in his chair. He's a little tired. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> click the button. So yeah, click the button there, sleepy car. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah you.